Welcome back. We finished up last episode with the aftermath of the war against the Midianites, in which all the Midianite fighting men were slaughtered uh, by Phineas the Impaler, <laughs> and all the uh, little boys and the non-virgin females were slaughtered on orders from Moses, who generously told his army that they could keep the virgins for themselves as, as part of their booty. <laughs> Maybe that's where the uh, term booty came from. I don't know. Anyway, there was more booty besides actual virgin booty, and we'll uh, pick up the story in Numbers chapter 31, verse 32. And the booty, being the rest of the prey which the men of war had caught, was 600,000 and 70,000 and 5,000 sheep, and threescore and 12,000 beeves, and threescore and 1,000 asses and thirty and two thousand persons in all of women that had not known man by lying with him. And the half, which was the portion of them that went out to war, was in number three hundred thousand and seven and thirty thousand and five hundred sheep. And the Lord's tribute of the sheep was six hundred and threescore and fifteen. So, the Yahwehlians took a cut of the booty. You know, that's what the Lord means is, is Yahweh. Uh, and Yahweh Elohim is uh, a plural. It's not a singular God. Elohim is plural. So the Yahweh Elohim are the uh, Yahwehlian gods. Now, why did they get a cut? Well, because they had given the Israelites military aid and advanced weapons systems, uh, notably the Ark of the Covenant, and they expected to be repaid. And the beeves were thirty and six thousand, of which the Lord's tribute was threescore and twelve. And the asses were thirty thousand and five hundred, of which the Lord's tribute was threescore and one. And the persons were sixteen thousand, of which the Lord's tribute was thirty and two persons. And Moses gave the tribute, which was the Lord's heave offering, unto Eleazar the priest, as the Lord commanded Moses. And of the children of Israel's half, which Moses divided from the men that warred. Now the half that pertained unto the congregation was three hundred thousand and thirty thousand and seven thousand and five hundred sheep, and thirty and six thousand beeves and 30,000 asses and 500, and 16,000 persons. Now, what happened to those 16,000 people? Oh, 32,000, actually, because this is just half of them. And weren't the only remaining Midianite persons, the, uh, the virgin booty, the, the women that had not known man by lying with him? So that means that 32 virgins were given as tribute to the Lord, in other words, to the Yahwehlians, and no doubt, you know, these were the best-looking ones, the ones without spot or blemish, like all the other sacrificial offerings had to be, and I don't think these were used for human sacrifices, like some scholars believe. 
Remember, the Yahwehlian space force was predominantly male, so there were not enough Yahwehlian women to go around. And that's why back in Genesis 6, the sons of God, so-called, took wives of the daughters of men, of earth men. Uh, the Yahwehlian males mated with earth women, in other words. And it sounds like the same thing happened here. But this time, they probably took more precautions and didn't generate uh, more Nephilim, more giant offspring. Even of the children of Israel's half, Moses took one portion of 50, both of man and of beast, and gave them unto the Levites, which kept the charge of the tabernacle of the Lord, as the Lord commanded Moses. And the officers, which were over thousands of the host, the captains of thousands and captains of hundreds, came near unto Moses. And they said unto Moses, Thy servants have taken the sum of the men of war which are under our charge, and there lacketh not one man of us. We have therefore brought an oblation for the Lord, what every man hath gotten, of jewels of gold, chains and bracelets, rings, earrings, and tablets, to make an atonement for our souls before the Lord. T to offer tribute to the Yahwehlians, in other words. And Moses and Eliezer the priest took the gold of them, even all wrought jewels, and all the gold of the offering that they offered up to the Lord, of the captains of thousands and of the captains of hundreds, was 16,750 shekels. For the men of war had taken spoil, every man for himself. And Moses and Eleazar the priest took the gold of the captains of thousands and of hundreds and brought it into the tabernacle of the congregation for a memorial for the children of Israel before the Lord. And that's the end of chapter 31. 32. Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that behold, the place was a place for cattle. It was good grazing land, in other words, not just for cattle in the modern sense, but for all livestock, the, the sheep and the asses, as well as the beeves, the beef cattle. The children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spake unto Moses and to Eleazar the priest and unto the princes of the congregation, saying, Ataroth and Dibon and Jazer and Nimrah and Heshbon and Eliali and Shebam and Nebo and Beon, even the country which the Lord smote before the congregation of Israel is a land for cattle, and thy servants have cattle. Wherefore, said they, if we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given unto thy servants for a possession, and bring us not over Jordan. In other words, let us stay here instead of going on to the promised land. This, this place is good enough. And Moses said unto the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war, and shall you sit here? And wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord hath given them? Thus did your fathers when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. For when they went up unto the valley of Eshcol and saw the land, 
they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel that they should not go into the land which the Lord had given them. And the Lord's anger was kindled the same time, and he sware, saying, Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from twenty years old and upward shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, and Joshua the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, and he made them wander in the wilderness forty years, until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was consumed. And behold, ye are risen up in your father's stead, an increase of sinful men, to augment yet the fierce anger of the Lord toward Israel. For if ye turn away from after him, he will yet again leave them in the wilderness, and ye shall destroy all this people. And they came near unto him and said, We will build sheepfolds here for our cattle and cities for our little ones. But we ourselves will go ready armed before the children of Israel until we have brought them unto their place, and our little ones shall dwell in the fenced cities because of the inhabitants of the land. We will not return unto our houses until the children of Israel have inherited every man his inheritance. Now, meaning the inheritance of the promised land. But they're, what they're saying is they'll fulfill their military duty and go and fight for the promised land and then go back to this other land, this good grazing land that they've chosen. For we will not inherit with them on yonder side Jordan or forward because our inheritance is fallen to us on this side Jordan eastward. And Moses said unto them, If you will do this thing, if you will go armed before the Lord to war, and will go all of you armed over Jordan before the Lord until he hath driven out his enemies from before him, and the land be subdued before the Lord, then afterward ye shall return and be guiltless before the Lord and before Israel. And this land shall be your possession before the Lord. This land meaning the good grazing land. But if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Build you cities for your little ones and folds for your sheep, and do that which hath proceeded out of your mouth. And the children of Gad and the children of Reuben spake unto Moses, saying, Thy servants will do as my Lord commandeth. Our little ones, our wives, our flocks, and all our cattle shall be there in the cities of Gilead. But thy servants will pass over, every man armed for war, before the Lord to battle, as my Lord saith. So concerning them, Moses commanded Eleazar the priest, and Joshua the son of Nun, and the chief fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel. And Moses said unto them, If the children of Gad and the children of Reuben will pass with you over Jordan, every man armed to battle before the Lord, and the land shall be subdued before you, then you shall give them the land of Gilead for a possession. But if they will not pass over with you armed, they shall have possessions among you in the land of Canaan possessions, but not an inheritance. It's kind of confusing, but I think that's what it means. 
And the children of Gad and the children of Reuben answered, saying, As the Lord hath said unto thy servants, so will we do. We will pass over armed before the Lord into the land of Canaan, that the possession of our inheritance on this side Jordan may be ours. And Moses gave unto them, even to the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, and unto half the tribe of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, the kingdom of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, the land with the cities thereof in the coasts, even the cities of the country round about. And the children of Gad built Dibon, and Ataroth, and Aurora, and Atroth, Shophan, and Jazer, and Jogbaha, and Beth Nimrah, and Beth Haran, fenced cities, and folds for sheep. And the children of Reuben built Heshbon, and Elielah, and Kirjathaim, and Nebo, and Baalmeon, their names being changed, and Shibmah, they gave other names unto the cities which they builded. And the children of Machir, the son of Manasseh, went to Gilead and took it, and dispossessed the Amorite which was in it. They conquered it, in other words. And Moses gave Gilead unto Machir, the son of Manasseh, and he dwelt therein. And Jair, the son of Manasseh, went and took the small towns thereof, and called them Havoth Jair. And Nobah went and took Kenath and the villages thereof, and called it Nobah after his own name. And that's the end of chapter 32. Chapter 33. These are the journeys of the children of Israel, which went forth out of the land of Egypt with their armies under the hand of Moses and Aaron. And Moses wrote their goings out according to the journeys by the commandment of the Lord. And these are their journeys according to their goings out. And they departed from Ramesses in the first month on the fifteenth day of the first month. On the morrow after the Passover, the children of Israel went out with an high hand in the sight of all the Egyptians. That this is previously in the Torah. That, well, this was previously in Exodus to be specific. For the Egyptians buried all their firstborn, which the Lord had smitten among them. Upon their gods also the Lord executed judgments. And the children of Israel removed from Ramesses and pitched in Succoth. And they departed from Succoth and pitched in Etham, which is in the edge of the wilderness. And they removed from Etham and turned again unto Pahaharoth, which is before Baalzephon. And they pitched before Migdal. These names should all sound familiar to you. You may not remember anything about them, but they should, they should sound familiar. Now, I may not be pronouncing them right, but uh, I think I'm pronouncing them the same way I did before. And they departed from before Pahaharoth and passed through the midst of the sea into the wilderness and went three days' journey in the wilderness of Etham and pitched in Marah. 
Now, you remember that whole episode about the, the, the parting of the Red Sea and how that happened. And they removed from Marah and came unto Elim. And in Elim were twelve fountains of water and threescore and ten palm trees, and they pitched there. And they removed from Elim and encamped by the Red Sea. The Red Sea being the Gulf of Aqaba, as uh, we determined before. And they removed from the Red Sea and encamped in the wilderness of sin. Not, not the wilderness of sin as in the wilderness of evil doing. A sin is just a place name here. And they took their journey out of the wilderness of sin and encamped in Dafka. And they departed from Dafka and encamped in Alush. And they removed from Alush and encamped at Rephidim, where was no water for the people to drink. Now, I think Rephidim is where they, uh, where Moses uh, threw the uh, uh, burned piece of wood in the water and it purified it, you know, purified it because it was charcoal. It was probably a pretty big log of charcoal. And they departed from Rephidim and pitched in the wilderness of Sinai. Now, if this all sounds familiar, it's because it's all just a recap of what's happened so far. And I'm going to skip some verses because it goes on for another 20 or so campsites with nothing more than the names, which are not real familiar names. And until they get to the wilderness of Zen, which is different from the wilderness of sin, and uh, which, you know, verse 36 says is the same thing as Kadesh. Verse 37 goes on, and they removed from Kadesh and pitched in Mount Hor in the edge of the land of Edom. That's where the Edomites lived, remember, and the Edomites wouldn't let them go through. And Aaron the priest went up into Mount Hor at the commandment of the Lord and died there. In the 40th year after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt in the first day of the fifth month. Again, just recap. And Aaron was 120 and three years old when he died in Mount Hor. And King Arad the Canaanite which dwelt in the south in the land of Canaan, heard of the coming of the children of Israel. That's, I expected a little more than that, but that's all it says about King Arad. And they departed from Mount Hor and pitched in Zalmanah. And again, it goes on through another half dozen campsites until in verse 48 it says, and they departed from the mountains of Abarim and pitched in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho. <laughs> now, I'm, we're getting close to, to uh, new action here. And they pitched by Jordan from Beth Jezimoth even unto Abel-Shatim in the plains of Moab. And the Lord spake unto Moses in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye are passed over Jordan into the land of Canaan, 
Then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all their pictures and destroy all their molten images and quite pluck down all their high places. Destroy their culture, in other words, by destroying their artwork, you know, their statuary, and you know, all their memorials, all their buildings and so on that, uh, that uh, are distinguished by being in their cultural style. And ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell therein, for I have given you the land to possess it. Possess it by conquest, take it by force. And ye shall divide the land by lot for an inheritance among your families. And to the more ye shall give the more inheritance, and to the fewer ye shall give the less inheritance. Every man's inheritance shall be in the place where his lot falleth. According to the tribes of your fathers ye shall inherit. So when it says divide the land by lot, it's not talking about shooting craps for it. It's referring back to when they did the census. Uh, you know, and in, in, in chapter 26, verse 53, it said that the land would be divided based on the census, with the larger tribes getting more land and the smaller tribes getting less land, you know, proportionally. But if you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. So what it's recommending, or actually commanding here, is ethnic cleansing. If you don't ethnically cleanse the land that you conquer, there's going to be trouble down the road. Moreover, it shall come to pass that I shall do unto you as I thought to do unto them. And that's the end of chapter 33. Chapter 34. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel, and say unto them, When you come into the land of Canaan, this is the land that shall fall unto you for an inheritance, even the land of Canaan with the coasts thereof. Then your south quarter shall be from the wilderness of Zin along by the coast of Edom. And your south border shall be the outmost coast of the Salt Sea eastward. Now this Salt Sea is better known as the Dead Sea. Um, you know, the, the salt content is what makes the Dead Sea dead <laughs> and what it makes and what makes it almost impossible not to float in. You'd have a hard time drowning in the Dead Sea. And your border shall turn from the south to the ascent of Akrabim and pass on to Zin. And the going forth thereof shall be from the south to Kadesh Barnea and shall go on to Hazaradar and pass on to Asmon. And the border shall fetch a compass from Asmon unto the river of Egypt, and the goings out of it shall be at the sea. Now, this river of Egypt is not the Nile. That's uh, way back across country. 
Apparently, this uh, river of Egypt refers to something much smaller, maybe even a wadi, which, you know, is just a dry creek bed for most of the year. And, you know, it contains water during the flood season, but most of the year it's dry. And as for the western border, you shall even have the Great Sea for a border. That would be the Mediterranean, I guess. This shall be your west border. And this shall be your north border. From the great sea, you shall point out for you Mount Hor. From Mount Hor, you shall point out your border unto the entrance of Hamath. And the goings forth of the border shall be to Zedad. And the border shall go on to Zephron, and the goings out of it shall be at Hazarenon, and this shall be your north border. Now, this all kind of reminds me of how old-time deeds used to be written out using uh, landmarks, maybe even place names like this that existed during the time, but maybe not forever. Might be hard to reconstruct all these borders. And ye shall point out your east border from Hazranon to Shafam, and the coast shall go down from Shafam to Riblah on the east side of Ain. And the border shall descend, and shall reach unto the side of the sea of Chenareth eastward. And the border shall go down to Jordan, and the goings out of it shall be at the salt sea, the Dead Sea. This shall be your land with the coasts thereof round about. And Moses commanded the children of Israel, saying, This is the land which ye shall inherit by lot which the Lord commanded to give unto the nine tribes and to the half-tribe, for the tribe of the children of Reuben, according to the house of their fathers, and the tribe of the children of Gad, according to the house of their fathers, have received their inheritance. They were the ones going to get Gilead, I think. And half the tribe of Manasseh have received their inheritance. The two tribes and the half-tribe have received their inheritance on this side Jordan, near Jericho, eastward, toward the sun rising. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, These are the names of the men which shall divide the land unto you, Eleazar the priest, and Joshua the son of Nun. And ye shall take one prince of every tribe to divide the land by inheritance. And then it gives the names of these ten princes. And in verse 29, it sums it up by saying, These are they whom the Lord commanded to divide the inheritance unto the children of Israel in the land of Canaan. And that's the end of chapter 34. We'll pick it up from this point next time uh, in chapter 35. Until then... Keep the faith, enjoy your booty and your inheritance uh, if you actually get to inherit your inheritance.